A-L-P-H-A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Hard to believe that we are just days away from Thanksgiving 2019. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated by the Pilgrims after their first harvest in the New World, October 1621. Now, I could say 1621, but in honor of Colonel Ange, who is in our midst, it is 1621. The first Thanksgiving feast lasted three days. Can you imagine Three days of turkey, of stuffing, of candied yams, of libations. They must have had to expand their pants numerous times over those three days. That was before Sanzibelt, by the way. <laughs> the first Thanksgiving attended by 90 Native Americans, 53 pilgrims, and the New England colonists became accustomed to regularly celebrating Thanksgiving. Days of prayer, thanking God for blessings, and we do so each and every year on the fourth Thursday in November. Long ash greetings and salutations, a long ash happy Thanksgiving, snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and screw the vegans that want us to have tofurkey for Thanksgiving. We will not have it. Now, even though Thanksgiving goes back to October 1621, we have perfected it to high levels never seen before since that first Thanksgiving in 1621 because today we will be talking about Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers, ways to cook your festive bird, whether it is frying, whether it is roasting, whether it is smoking, grilling, or spatchcocking. We will talk about it today on Thanksgiving Turkey Delicacy Maneuvers. Here's a little history note for you. Thanksgiving is a federal holiday celebrated on the fourth Thursday of November. It originated as a harvest festival. Thanksgiving, even though it goes back to October 1621, has been celebrated nationally in the United States on and off since 1789 with a proclamation by George Washington after a request by Congress. Thomas Jefferson, however, chose not to observe the holiday. Apparently he wasn't a football fan and didn't like turkey. <laughs> the celebration was intermittent until the presidency of Abraham Lincoln, a Republican, by the way, when Thanksgiving became a federal holiday in 1863 during the American Civil War. He proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens to be celebrated on the last Thursday in November under President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The date was changed between 1939 and 1941 amid significant controversy from 1942 onwards. Thanksgiving has been proclaimed by Congress as being the fourth Thursday in November. It is regarded as the beginning 
of the fall-winter holiday season. And there we come today to Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. And as always, it is my pleasure to have the official, I guess we could say, grill master, pit master, pooch pit master, Colonel Ange from the Western New York Theater of Operations, Captain Paul, also from the Western New York Theater of Operations. We celebrated a big Buffalo Bills victory. We squished the fish earlier this week. There will be no fish, however, for Thanksgiving. Colonel Ange, I know we are here at the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, our Ford Theater of Operations Command Center Alpha, and we have set up a mobile pooch pit. Wherever you are, wherever there's tables, wherever there's, there's proper delicacies, the pooch pit can go anywhere around the globe. And here we are today in the Cigar City, and you have set up a Ford Theater of Operations pooch pit. Yes, General, we're used to that. We've had them all over, right? We've had them in Detroit. We've had them in Tampa. We just move it around, but we're set. We're all outside. Everything looks good. Got a lot of gawkers, and we're ready to uh, submerge the bird. And we have, I brought the, my Butterball XXL turkey fryer because a large or an XL wouldn't do. And last year, I think for my uh, bird for, uh, uh, with Cigar Mother, Cigar Sister, and everyone else, I think uh, I got a 24-pound bird. And, of course, I came back home, and my Cigar Mother says, it's too big. Why did you get such a big bird? You don't need it. My answer was... Because I wanted a big bird, just like I want a giant screen TV, just like I want a big-ass grill, I want a big bird. I don't want a little puny bird. And now with my Butterball Electric Turkey Fryer XXL, Mm -hmm. 25 pounds, piece of cake. No problem. Before, I couldn't get more than about 18. Now, no problem. Yeah, the other one is really better for 14, but this thing is a bear, honestly. You could put water in it, and uh, it'd be a one-person hot tub. I think you could do that with a cocktail and sit in the Butterball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I need a two. Actually, I need more like an eight-person, myself and seven of the harem. And, of course, the other, uh, you know, the rest of the harem will get all jealous. But, you know, as long as I'm happy, it's all about me anyway, right? That's exactly right. There you go. We are all here, General. As I tell Puff Muff and Lori, what is your number one mission? And she says, General, your command is my wish. <laughs> and that's exactly what, how it should be. So, Colonel Ange, yes. we have got ourselves a, a small turkey. We didn't go overboard today here at Davidoff. We've got about an 11-, 12-pound bird. Correct. 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 We got it fresh, mm-hmm. so it is not frozen. And to me, I like the fresh birds. And as we get closer to Thanksgiving, you can go ahead and call your super. Most supermarkets will have fresh birds ready to go. You can always call. I call ahead and tell them what I want, and usually they'll give you a range. We have uh, 15 to 18 and 18 to 20, 20, 22. I always tend to go on the high side. But what should you look for when you purchase a bird? Well, your first uh, uh, comment is the best one. You really should call ahead because fresh birds, they just don't stack them as many, and you know why, because they're fresh birds and they don't want to have to return the stack. So do yourself a favor, call ahead, get the fresh bird. It's the biggest question is how big a bird do you need? And you do that by how many people are going to come. If you're going to have 10 people, you better not get a uh, 10 pound bird because you don't have 10 pounds of meat. You're going to want to have, you're going to want about a pound and a half of the bird per person that's coming to eat. So know how many people are coming, then judge the size of the bird. And also, of course, fresh is fresh. That means you can cook it the day you pick it up. Frozen is frozen. You can't p- do that when you get a frozen bird. And you can't microwave it. you got to let it thaw for, what, a couple of days? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, need, you can speed that up by uh, submerging it in a sink or a bucket with uh, cool water. Not cold, but cool water. Not warm, for sure. 
but that's a pain in the neck. Honestly, if you know that you're going to get a frozen bird, give yourself four days. I like three days to uh, get it to thaw and then a day to set it up in the fridge and dry brine because dry brining takes a lot less time than the wet brine. If you're wet brining, you better get that bird five days ahead. And we'll talk about brining in just a little bit. But to me, the key is you got it. It starts with the bird. You want a very good bird. Now, we went over to one of the markets here that had both the regular and organic. Mm -hmm. And I think we paid, uh, it was on sale, $1.99 for the regular or $2.99 for the organic. We got the regular bird. You can get the organic. I know Cigar Sister Lynn is going to tell me to get the organic. But, you know, how do you know it's organic? To me, when you look at a lot of vegetables and they say organic, it comes from Mexico, Chile, Peru, uh, Argentina. How do you know there's somebody sitting there saying, oh, we're going to separate that. That's organic. This is non-organic. To me, they probably say Put it all in one. The stupid Americans, we tell them it's organic, we get double the price. They don't know the difference. Well, as far as I know, all birds, both uh, organic and non-organic, start with organs. So you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, and, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that most birds, I know chickens cannot be, uh, they can't be injected with antibiotics, I don't believe, no, no. in the United States by law. So many people think, oh, if I get organic, there's no antibiotics. No bird. I think turkeys are the same way, if I'm not mistaken. I Could think be you're wrong, right. But I think that is the, uh, the correct. So first we want to start with the bird. That is number one. Correct. And then we want to have the proper way to make it juicy. Whether you are frying it, you are spatchcocking it, you're grilling it, you are roasting it, you always want to make sure you properly baste and inject the bird. Well, yes, you can. I think brining, I think, is important. And I think that's the first way to make sure you're going to get the moisture. Define, define brine. Brine is a, uh, either wet brine or dry brine. The whole thing goes back to osmosis, right? You're going to, the salt, there's salt on the bird. That draws down into the uh, bird itself, and that brings the moisture down inside the bird so it stays there. And you can do that wet method. Dry method. Or both. Or, or both, yes. Didn't we both. do both? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't wet brine this bird. We dry brined it. Well, dry brine, but wait a minute. Did we injected I mean, it. Well, okay, the injection isn't brining. That's not brining. No, no. The injection ends, ends up adding more flavor to the bird because that moisture will get eaten up pretty quick. Once you inject it, it just spreads out into the skin, and that's more. The injection is for flavor, not for brining. All right, and when we injected, we patented <laughs> recipe that we like. We use half Jack Daniels, bourbon, you can use scotch, you can use whatever you want, really, uh, or, and we used half apple cider. Correct, correct. And we basically mixed it. We took a syringe that you can buy at any supermarket. You can go to any of the home, uh, home Depot, Lowe's, supermarkets, they all have it. And basically, you fill it up, and you just get right in the thigh. You get in the breast, and you just keep inject, almost like you're 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 botoxing the bird. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but what we did, and what I like to do, is uh, you could just go ahead and use those two liquids and do that. But I like to put what's on top of the bird inside of the bird. So we actually took some of the rub and mixed about a teaspoon of the rub into our uh, into our injection of fluid. Mix that up, and then we strained it to take out all the small uh, spices and herbs so that they didn't clog your needle. You don't need those inside. So you take it, and you mix it inside your, uh, your injection liquid, strain it through a cheesecloth or a strainer, make sure all those little uh, bits of spices come out, and then we put it in the bird. So we'll actually have the flavor that's on top of the bird will be inside the bird as well. All right, so we inject it all over the bird. Yes. And uh, you, you can't go crazy. Well, you can go crazy with injecting. It's not going to hurt it. Just keep... keep injecting and and so that gets the flavor juice in there mm -hmm. and then when we talked about brining 
We did a dry brine? Correct. Now, define brine. Uh, brine is something that you, uh, it's, it's something that they used for years for preservation. Again, it goes back to osmosis. All the, in the days before they had refrigeration, they always brined uh, the meat, the ham, the birds with salt because salt's a, a, a preservative. So what the salt does is it keeps the uh, water inside the meat. So you can do it a wet method, and the wet method is to go ahead and build a brine. All brines have salt. Okay. That's your basic thing. So a wet brine can be as complicated as, as simple as salt and water. You need about a gallon of water to about a half a cup of salt, and you want to use kosher salt. It's a bigger flake. Right. It dissolves. Then you, go, you can go crazy from there. You can put cloves, you can put uh, uh, allspice, you can do Rocky Patel, you can have nice afternoon. It's creamy, it's, it's nutty, we got an afternoon brine, a morning brine, a midday brine, a spring brine, a Thanksgiving brine, a Christmas brine. Bingo, we just, bingo. We just go, we brine our cigars like nobody else. Yeah. So, so let me ask, so then you submerge the whole turkey yes. in the brine. Right, it goes in the, goes in the brine and you want to keep it uh, cool. So, so you got to get a big pan to really that can submerge. Yeah, what I have is a uh, you know a commercial uh, plastic cambro, but you know what works really well if you're at home. Everybody's got coolers that you take to right. the beach to, to, with your beers in it. You can use that. Be sure it's cleaned out really well. Take your bird. You can actually make the brine, pour it into the cooler. Make sure the the bird is down. If you have to weight it with a plate or something, it stays right. under. Take the cooler and either, A, if it can get into your refrigerator, fine. If not, then you're going to put something on top of it, get a bag of ice, make sure it's sealed, lay that on top. And you're going to need 24 hours for that. I mean, even Keep for it submerged. A, yes, and you need it. Now, we did a dry brine. Correct. So what did you have in the brine? What I did is a, a, if you're going to just put this bird together and you don't want to make it complicated, all you need is salt. You need about a teaspoon of salt for every, oh, I'd say about a teaspoon for every pound. And you want to completely get that salt all over your bird. So you just pat on, pat, pat the salt on it. Yeah, yeah. A, but we had some other spices in there as well. Well, that's what we do now. If you want to put some flavor in, there's two ways you can do it. You can right. just do the dry brine, and then the day you're going to do it, put your rub on top of that. If you're going to use rub, but what I do is I look for a rub that has a good concentration of salt in it. So now you know your salt's already in. So and you don't have to add more kosher salt. You don't have to add anything. So the one I gave you had salt in it. Correct. So basically, you just took that, sprinkled it on, and just pat it. That was it. That's it. That's simple. That's simple. So to me, a dry brine would seem much, is not seem, it is much easier than a wet brine. And if you know what, if you do it, I've made them both. I don't know how many times. And honestly, it's a very small difference in, it, in the way it comes out. It still stays very moist, very juicy. And the upside of doing it the way we did, General, with your, uh, with your special rub is that well now besides the brining where we brought that in and got our moisture going, we also got some flavor down into the bird too. But you have to remember, if you're dry brining this bird, you need 24 hours. And the way you dry brine it is salt, rub with salt regardless. Get it all over the bird. Put it inside. People forget to do that. Put it inside. But then you want to leave inside the bird. Inside the bird. So oh, outside, yeah. inside, get in there, get right in there. Yep, cavity everywhere. Okay. Get it all over. Right. And then you want to set it in a refrigerator uncovered. This is the thing that people make the mistake. They take and they end up wrapping the bird in aluminum foil or pl plastic wrap. The beautiful thing about a refrigerator is it's constantly circulating air to get the moisture out of the air. Right. So that's taking the moisture out of the air and, and drying the skin. This is going to give you a crispy skin because now the skin is now dry. dry. Yeah. 
Gotcha. And we've had it in the refrigerator for now two days. Two days. Over two days. And that's the mistake that many people make, me included, is that I just put, you know, that morning I just basically put the rub on it, the brine, inject it, and just let it sit for a few hours. No. now And don't cover it in the refrigerator. Keep it uncovered. Correct. Got it. That's what we're going to do. And then you say, very important, take it out so that it gets to room temperature. Very, very important. In fact, when I brought it over here, my uh, motorcade smelled like uh, the special Cajun brine that we used mm-hmm. and uh, raw turkey. It was an interesting aroma. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> but that's, Dave, I'd say that's one of the biggest mistakes everybody makes. So if you're going to do something with that, whether it's a Thanksgiving turkey or whether you're going to go out and take a nice big uh, ribeye and throw it on the grill, get this thing to room temperature. People just get all freaked out about letting something sit on a counter for three hours. You're going to cook it. You're going to cook it. You're going to take its internal temperature. The bacteria will definitely go away. But don't start something that's cold and think that it's going to cook at the same time frame right. as something's room temperature. So, lieutenants, please, make sure that bird's on the counter. A big bird, that big bird needs two hours at room temperature. At least. At least. And take it out earlier. It's not going to hurt it. Uh, you don't keep it out a day, but if you keep it out five, six hours, you're going to be just fine. We're talking Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. We've got multiple methods to cook your Thanksgiving bird with Colonel Lange, Captain Paul, Tommy Diadio, Tommy D of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City, and Corona Cigars in Orlando will be joining us. We've got two special libations, appropriately wild turkey that we'll be sampling, some of their single barrels, and a very nice uh, Perdomo cigar that will accompany that. Colonel Lange, after we have taken out the bird, it is at room temperature. Now the choice is, how do you cook it? There's frying, there is roasting the good old-fashioned way, there is spatchcocking, there is grilling, there is smoking. Multiple, multiple methods. The quickest method, by far, is frying. And I remember when the first time I ever had a fried turkey, I thought it was going to be oily, goopy, runny, like bad, soggy French fries. I was shocked at how moist and juicy and non-oily the turkey was. Just delicious. Correct. It's, it's flash fried, right? Because that's really what it is. It's flash fried. You drop it in at a 375 uh, degree oil, and then you're figuring about three and a half to four minutes a pound. Keep an eye on it. Get your instant read thermometer, but you're right. It seals it in. It cooks it quickly but thoroughly. Deep frying, really, the only difference of deep frying is, is, the, is the, the way it comes out with your rub versus the traditional bird. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's much more juicy than a roast, roasting a bird in the oven. I mean, we've got a, a, a let's figure uh, for rounding's sake today, we've got, 11, uh, we've got 11 pounds, I think we said. Yeah, 11, 12. So there. we're looking roughly anywhere between 35 and 44 minutes. Now, I like to do it three and a half because I found sometimes with these fryers, they're so efficient that four minutes, it can start drying out a little bit. And worst case, if it is still undercooked, you can put it in the oven while it's, you know, just for a little bit. But the other thing, after you take the turkey out and you're done, yes, uh, Captain Paul's saying thermometer, that's correct. But the other thing is you want the turkey to rest a little bit before carving. Oh, yes. How long? Oh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yes, absolutely. Cigar Sister Lynn is a master carver. She watches all the Food Network shows. She knows how to carve a turkey because I've seen people come in and they decimate that turkey. She knows how to make it look and put it on the platter or on the bone so it looks magnificent like a five-star restaurant. It is absolutely incredible. Now, there's some other methods. 
Let's talk about uh, grilling a turkey. Okay. We all love to grill, barbecue. How do you grill a turkey? Well, first thing I would say is the, be- uh, the first most beautiful part about grilling a turkey is your oven is open for all your sides. So now you're not, Bingo. Yep, you're not messing around having to do that. Grilling is, is, uh, uh, is good. And what I do when I grill the bird is I don't use rub. I will dry brine the bird with, just with salt. Dry brine with salt. Yes, okay. and then I make a uh, mixture of butter and herbs. Now, you always want to use thyme and sage. Those are the traditional ones, and then okay. you can go on from there. If you, you can use parsley, whatever, rosemary. Right. You put that, you get soft butter, you make that, and then you take and put that all over the outside and the inside. Okay. Use, use your hands, soften it up, get it all right. done. And then let that sit at, at room temperature. Now, you wouldn't, do the, you wouldn't put it in the refrigerator with the... Uh, with the butter mixture on it, right. that's after it's it comes after. out. All right. Okay. Okay. Room temperature? That. Yes. Get it to room temperature, then rub the bird down. Set your either your charcoal or your gas grill up for indirect cooking, correct? Indirect that's cooking we yeah. want. Oh, you don't yes. want it direct. No, absolutely Okay, and what not. temperature? 350. 350 on the indirect portion. Correct. And you just lay it right out. Now, you can spatchcock it or you can put the whole bird on top of the grill. Yes, yeah, correct. If you're going to, uh, yes, if you're going to roast it, your grill, and this is one of the big things that people can't comprehend. A grill is an oven. It's right. just outside. Right. Yeah, so all you're doing is setting it up the same way you'd set up your oven. Get it at 350. Make sure it's away from the hot side. Right. If you, you can do it traditional, you can put it on the V-rack inside of a roasting pan. Put right. your vegetables to make your gravy. Okay. If not, I would just make sure that it is lifted above the pan somehow, even if you just... Okay, so you don't put it directly on the grates. No. Okay, so no. lift it above. Yeah. And, and how long? Uh, you're going uh, 20 minutes per pound. 20 minutes per pound? Yes. And then when it's done, you bring it off, let it sit 30 minutes, and then you carve it. We will continue. Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. Colonel Ange, Captain Paul from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. Colonel Ange, you're going to move out to the Ford Theater of Operations Pooch Pit. And when we come back, we'll conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony and get ready to fry the bird. I cannot wait. I am salivating already at Colonel Ange's special Thanksgiving turkey bird as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving early here on The Cigar Dave Show. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, we need a cigar that is going to pair nicely with a fried bird, turkey. We also need something that's going to wash down that nice turkey taste and flavor and the aroma of the cigar. So Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City and the three Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando, has brought out appropriately the first of two libations we will sample appropriately, wild turkey. So we've got a great selection. And the first uh, uh, item of forbids on the Price is Right, as they say, comes to us from Perdomo. This is the Perdomo Double-Aged Vintage Sun Grown. Now it's blended with a rich bourbon barrel-aged Nicaraguan Sun Grown wrapper, rare bourbon-aged Cuban seed Nicaraguan binder and filler, offering a nice, rich, spicy, sweet complexity, uh, long, warm finishing smoke. It is a beautiful looking cigar, and the cigar that we have, that we have pulled out, size-wise, is the Gordo Extra. It's a super magnum, I call it, six and a half inches in length, with a 60 ring gauge. Suggested retail is going to be in the $11, $12 price range. We have featured many Perdomo cigars over the years in the Officers Club. Go back to December 2017, we sampled, we featured the Perdomo 20th anniversary vertical sampler that had their Connecticut wrapper, their Sun Grown, their Maduro. May of this year, the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Age Vertical Sampler. We've got a special treat for May 2020. But the one thing I love about all the Perdomo cigars, the binder and filler are the same, but they change the wrapper. And Tommy D, that adds such a unique complexity and varies the taste of the binder and filler yeah. blend. Well, the story on this is uh, this is 10 years age first, and it's aged two more years in uh, Buffalo Trace Barrel. Oh, it is Buffalo Trace. Yes, it's Buffalo oh. Trace. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, one thing about uh, Nick is they grow great tobacco. They've got all their farms. They're vertically integrated. And the the way that he ages his tobacco is absolutely magnificent. So that's what we will enjoy today. This is the Perdomo Vintage 12-Year, and this is the Sun Grill. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine at my beck and call, ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. 
Well, you've heard of the wild turkey. This is what we call the wild welder. Because when you look at this lightation device from the Cigar Dave R&D Labs, this looks like a welding torch. So we call it the wild welder. And that's what we will use today. I mean, this thing produces such massive amounts of heat that actually you could put this on the back of the Batmobile and it would propel it. There's no doubt about it. Big tank. It's got a nice, almost feels like a weapon in your hand. I mean, you could actually shoot this thing. And it is just a very heavy, big tank. The Wild Welder from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will now toast the foot of this cigar. Captain Paul, you have already begin, begun the lightation process before we even started the show. You're, you kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Well, General, it's creamy. It's coconut. <laughs> no, you Nick know, wouldn't I, say yeah. that. No, Nick would, Nick would not say that. Absolutely. No, you, do you great. remember when we saw Nick in his factory? Was that incredible? No, that was. We, did, we didn't see Nick in the factory. Oh, no, no, you're no, thinking not, of Ernesto. No, 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 no. When, uh, he brings everything into Miami, doesn't he? From the factory, and yes. he's got all his family working there. Oh, yes. Oh, we oh, did yeah, go yeah, to yeah, Purdue. Yeah. Yes, exactly. we the offices. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we did gosh. go to the offices. What an That's experience. Right. Yes, we did. They recheck everything. He's got his whole family. He's got to keep them working. No, you're, you're thinking of Padron. Or Padron. I'm you're sorry. Padron. I'm sorry. Oh. But Perdomo, let me tell you something. At, at their factory down in Nicaragua, they are absolute hawks when it comes to quality. Every cigar is draw tested. If something doesn't meet, Nick, Nick's got specific instructions. If it doesn't meet Nick's test, kick it out. Reject it. That's very simple. And that's why all their cigars, great construction, great draw, starts with great tobacco, grows it all, vertically integrated. I know, Tom, you've been down there, haven't you? I haven't been there. Not, not the house. Impressive facility. Very impressive as I... Well, the draw, the, 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 the draw on this cigar is absolutely incredible. So smooth. So is the flavor. I mean, just the, the, the notes... A little sweetness. You don't get a ton of bourbon, bourbon barrel, no. but you get just enough. Yeah, just very, very nice. And again, people think many Nicaraguan cigars are going to be very strong, very full. Not necessarily. Not the case. If you know how to blend tobacco and age tobacco, Nick knows how to do that. It is fantastic. He is vertically integrated. Grows all his own wrapper tobacco, with the exception of some Cameroon that he he puts on some cigars and the Connecticut uh, Ecuador or Connecticut USA. But all the other Habano wrappers that he uses, the sun-grown, all grown at his factories. All right, so we've got a fantastic cigar, the Perdomo Vintage Age 12 Sun-Grown Barrel-Aged, properly lit. Now we need the proper accoutrement. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Thanksgiving is approaching. I can think of nothing more appropriate than sampling some wild turkey bourbon. Now, Tommy... This is the Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit single barrel that you have selected. Yes. You and Jeff Borshowitz, the proprietor of Corona Cigar and the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, you have personally selected. Did you go up to Kentucky no, to this, do this? This one we picked in the office. This was picked with, this is a collaboration with the Orlando Whiskey Society. The Orlando Whiskey Society. Why do we not have a Cigar City Whiskey Society? We have a Tampa Bay. I got like 10 of them at the bar. From no, no, Tampa we're going to do our own. Yes, we're supposed yes. to be doing our own. We're going to do our own, Tommy. We're going to start that. You and I are the founding you members. You have to get me a Blanton's. Well, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I know what you I, I'm, I'm on it, Tommy, okay? I'm a five-star, okay? I'm working on it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Now, this bourbon whiskey was bottled August 30th, 2019 from barrel number 407 stored in warehouse C on Rick number 46. 
This is 101 proof, 58.5%, or correction, 50.5% alcohol by volume. Now, tell me about Kentucky Spirit, because you don't find these in the store. Yeah, that's the new label for it. The old label was a fatter bottle. Russell's Reserve, we're going to be trying next. These are the identical mash builds, but Wild Turkey uh, Kentucky Spirit's aged on a lower floor and two years less than uh, Russell's Reserve. So it should be a little tamer, because you don't tamer. have the heat, yes, heat rising. Correct. All right, so we will say cheers to everybody. Fantastic. We'll take a sip. Wonderful aroma. little maple, little honey. Definitely getting a little wood. little oak on the nose. Tasty. Mm -hmm. little bit of cinnamon sizzle. I would say a tad bit of warmth. Mm -hmm. Take hits, another sip. Hits the front of the tongue more than it mm -hmm. does in the back. You hit it. But on the way down, mm -hmm. you have some extended warmth. So on the exclusive... CDWF Cigar Day Warmth Factor. I would say this is about a 7.95. Yeah. A lot of warmth going down. <clears throat> notes of maple, notes of honey, a lot of cinnamon. This retails for about 49, 44 to 59, depending on where you're going. We sell for 49.95. This is very nice. Mm -hmm. Very, very nice. And so you took the entire barrel, and how many yep. bottles did you get out of it? This one we got 190. That's between four stores, so uh, when it's done, it's done. We're going to be picking another one in April. Well, I make sure I'm in. Let's tell Jeff to get me on that <laughs> tasting, please. want to make sure. And then later, next hour, we'll St. Mashville, the Russell's Reserve Private Barrel Selection, single barrel, non-chill filtered, that we will enjoy. So we'll get a nice little vertical tasting. But I love, I tell you, I love the label on this. Just love the whole look on it. And it's signed by Master Distillers, Jimmy Russell, and Eddie Russell. Yep. We've had them on the show before. He was here two weeks ago, Eddie. And you didn't tell me? I would have I would have been over here. We would have been here sampling with you. You gotta start telling me these things, yeah. Tommy. Don't be so clandestine. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got you gotta spread the wealth, especially when it comes to bourbon tasting. All right, so we've got our cigar, we've got our bourbon. Captain Paul, what do you think? <clears throat> you know, I'm still feeling the warmth deep in my throat. It's delicious. My gosh, what a flavor. And it lasts. Colonel Ange out in the remote pooch pit in the Ford Theater of Operations. What do you think about this Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit single barrel? I'm just going to sit uh, in a car with the rest of the bottle, General. Have a great show. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I can handle turkey frying maneuvers. So, Colonel Ange, let's get an update. Okay. We started the oil. We turned it on just over, I would say, about an hour and 20 minutes ago. It is cool outside. And that's one thing to remember, that if you are going to fry a turkey, whether it's electric or you're using propane, and it is cold outside, you have to take that into account because the oil has to warm up to 375. And when it's cold outside, I know I did one in Buffalo one time, and it was, I think, 20 degrees. It took about four hours for that oil to, uh, to warm up. But we're at about an hour, what are we, about an hour and a half or so? Yep. Yeah, we're probably about five minutes away, General. Perfect. And as you lift up the lid, it's nice and hot? Yes, Yep, we're uh, almost there. Now, last year I used the oil. I, I cooked the uh, turkey at 350 degrees, again at three and a half minutes, and I found when I did 375 that it tended to be a little bit drier. So I used personally 350, and it seemed to work. Well, 375 is recommended. Okay. You know, and, uh, you know, you can go both ways. It's just a matter of the amount of time. You know, it's everything else. It's all about just taking it out prior to the time you set, and checking the temperature, and okay. that's what we're going to do. We're going to take, we're going to lift this bird up at 25 minutes into it, and check it, and give us a good feel for when it goes. This really isn't 
a set it and forget it. It really isn't. Even on the grill, no matter where you're putting it, this is too big a bird, even at 10, 12 pounds, to just think it's going to be done when the clock tells you that. And I have never done that. I've never midway oh, lifted it up. Have to, General. So lift it up, and how long should you wait before you stick the thermometer in the bird? Oh, immediately. Oh, immediately? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Immediately, where do you like to check it, the breast and the thigh? I check the breast because uh, that's, that's the, the main place. I mean, if you're, when, you, when you know where your breast is cooked, when this thing hits like 160, 161, it's going to sit, it'll raise up for the rest. So I, I go to the breast. That's what people look for most. The people, guys are always searching for the breast first. Well, I am a boob man myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Never it's all about. Never met a boob I didn't love. So therefore, I will, I will put the temperature of the therm- thermometer in the, in the rack, in the boob first. And I will check it, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and you know, if you found out, if you find that after you bring it out, the breast is there, you bring it and you cut it, and the uh, thighs look a little bit pink, you just get your oven going, take those thighs that you've cut, put them in the oven for about 10 more minutes at 425. That's all. It's not a big deal. Now, if the turkey has been surgically augmented with a breast implant, uh, does that change things? <laughs> I haven't hit one yet, but again, General, you know I'm not as experienced as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, what is your preference on the uh, type of uh, method of cooking your bird? You know, sometimes we, we deep fry it. Sometimes we um, uh, smoke it. Smoke it. Yeah. Though, either one of those two I like. Well, we've talked about frying. We've talked about grilling. When we come back, there's still three other methods. We've got to talk about roasting the turkey, which is primarily how most people do it. Mm-hmm. Boring. Smoking the turkey and spatchcocking the turkey. So we will continue with Thanksgiving turkey delicacy cooking maneuvers as we get ready for Thanksgiving right around the corner. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. The Cigar Dave Officers Club prides itself on featuring great new cigars. And as the man, the general, the alpha in chief that oversees the Officers Club, I am always on the hunt for great new cigars. One of those cigars that was launched at the Cigar Retailers Convention last summer that was just released a few weeks ago, the Rocky Patel Number no. 6. A beautiful, medium, round, complex Sweet cigar, loads of sweet notes, very pleasant, a beautiful Honduran Corojo Hamastron wrapper with Honduran Jalapa and Nicaraguan fillers. The reason that they call the blend Rocky Patel number six, it was the sixth blend out of about 22 that Rocky and the rest of the crew at Rocky Patel said, that's it, that's what we want. It's a beautiful cigar. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Great holiday gift, and you'll get great cigars like the Rocky Patel Number no. 6. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You become a member. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone, from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. run on tofu alpha males run on meat steak cigars and cigar day the trifecta of pleasure and as we prepare for thanksgiving we run on the bird gobble gobble turkey no tofurkey no vegan vegan turkey nothing that is artificially produced in a laboratory that contains soy or any other garbage it's a good old-fashioned usda tom turkey as we continue with Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers as we prepare for the big day coming up next Thursday. We are coming to you today from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, our Ford Theater of Operations, where we have moved Command Center Alpha. For a very good reason, we're enjoying great cigars, great libations. And just outside in the Forward Theater of Pooch Pit Operations, where we have set up the mobile pooch pit, or as they say in Canada, the mobile pooch pit, eh? We've got Colonel Ange and Captain Paul that are both out there. Colonel Ange. Yes, General. We have set the oil. We started about an hour and a half ago. Update, please, on the oil temperature in the Butterball Electric XXL Turkey Fryer. 375 and ready to roll, General. We are ready to roll. Now, let's talk. This is very, very important. If you are going to fry a turkey, there are several safety precautions you must take. First of all, Always make sure. I don't even like to use an electric fryer in the house, even though they say you can. I always do it outside. I make sure that I have ample amounts of either drop cloths or, or plastic uh, uh, bags underneath in case there's any splatter. If you're using propane, very important. You don't do it underneath anything. Make sure there's no fire hazards around. That's very, very important. The second thing is you want to have the proper safety gear. Colonel Ange, I brought safety goggles. Do you have them in position? Yes, General, I do. They're ready to roll. And we've got special silicone heat-proof gloves that are good to about 900 degrees that extend all the way up to your elbow, which is very important. As you are dropping the turkey in, you sometimes can get splatter, and you want to be very, very careful because if you are burned, it is not. you don't want to singe any hair. You don't want to burn. You want to enjoy the turkey, but you don't want to spend Thanksgiving in an emergency room. Correct, General. That would be an improper way to enjoy your bird delivered by a nurse. Wait a minute. Let me think about it. Now, whether you use an electric fryer or a propane fryer, you still put the turkey in, a, uh, in some sort of uh, either a mesh device or with this a fryer, the electric fryer that comes with a basket. You stuff it in there, and you want to make sure the turkey is dry. Water and oil do not mix. Correct. Again, this is the big thing. You want to be sure that that bird has no water, especially the frozen bird, no ice. And I'm going to, Sergeant Steve is going to move out. We'll take pictures and video. Sergeant Steve, I got, I got all the controls here. We've got five minutes, so we are good. Because Colonel Ange, Captain Paul is there ready with the microphone as you take it. Now, you're going to do it over what, about a minute? You're going to take your time slowly 
putting it down into the oil. Correct, General. You do not drop this bird no. like you're coming out of an airplane. It's a low and slow, easy drop. All right, fantastic. Is Sergeant Steve in position, ready to video and photograph the the uh, submersion of the turkey? Yes, everybody's in position, General. In position. All right. In five, four, three, two, one, begin turkey submission maneuvers. Oh, I can hear it. I can hear that turkey beginning to fry. Listen to that. That sounds absolutely magnificent. Our 11-pound bird going into the Butterball XXL turkey fryer. Colonel Ange? General? Sounds like you had a successful submersion. Yes, we have a successful dropped bird. The bird is dropped. The bird is bubbling. We're on our way. You have the timer set. We're doing what, three and a half or four minutes? Uh, three and a half minutes. I got a timer set for 25 minutes, which will give us our first check. And I'd rather go with that than any prescribed time that comes out of a manual. Fantastic. Excellent. And it's covered, and basically you don't do anything until we get ready to set the temperature. You'll never believe who just came walking in here. You know how those politicians love to just come up and get all that publicity. The former mayor of the Cigar City of Tampa, Bob Buckhorn, I'm coming in this morning, and uh, and all of a sudden I hear Dave, and I turn around, and it's, by the way, Mayor Bob Buckhorn, the uh, two-term mayor of the Cigar City of Tampa, Bob you don't have the button-down shirt anymore. You don't have the tie. You don't have the suit. You're looking very casual these days. I am indeed. In fact, I've got nothing. you got Thank nothing <laughs> going on, huh? You had lunch down, down the uh, way here from the Davidoff uh, store and lounge. And actually, the last time we had you on the show was the Cigar Dave Festival. Uh, festival. Yeah. Pleasure Fest. I think it was about five years ago, wasn't it? Nor seven years ago? Right. We had you yeah. on, and Colonel Ange was there with the turkey, and we had a great time. So I remember, Bob, you said before you left office, I better enjoy it because as of tomorrow when I'm no longer mayor, nobody's going to return my calls. Has that been the case? That is very true. My, <laughs> my, my jokes are not nearly as funny as they used to be. You know, they, they took my Suburban. They took my police detail. They took my police radio. You know, I, I'm just, uh, just. They took your mayor vest. They, they took, took my all mayor the good, vest. They took it all. All the good stuff. You know, I'm never not even the mayor of my own house now, Dave. <laughs> well, if you need remedial alpha training, come with me. 24-hour boot camp. You'll be ready to go. But, but you're the only male in the house. You have two daughters and I your got wife. Two daughters. So and you're my it. Wife, yeah. So there's very limited testosterone in the Buckhorn residence. Fortunately, I have this big German Shepherd that keeps I, me company. I do too. So. I didn't know you had a German Shepherd. Yeah. What's Je his name? Kieran. Karen, all right, I've got Sultan and Baron. Yep. So fantastic. What it's interesting because George Bush was interviewed after the first George Bush, George H. W. Bush, a few months after he left office, and he said, What's the thing he missed most? And he said, Well, gotta tell you, used to have this button on the side of my bed and I'd press it in the morning and in a few minutes fresh coffee would come out. So we're at Houston in our new house and I roll over, I get up and I look for the button, there's no button there. So I looked over at Barbara and I said, Bar, how about getting me some coffee? She said George, you get your own coffee. So it's a big adjustment when you're used to that. There's, there's it, it, a transition. It, there is a transition. And, uh, you know, I knew that that day would come. Yep. And so I was prepared for it. But and there's term limits here in Tampa. Yes. Yeah, there are right. term limits here in Tampa. If you're in Buffalo, by the way, Mayor Byron Brown's on his 48th term, I believe. Well, you, you know, General, <laughs> you talk about Buffalo. I'm a 24-year recovering politician. It took um, us. It takes that long, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. And I practice every day. Oh. You know? 
<laughs> well, Bob, stay right there. I know you're a cigar connoisseur, and I know you're good friends with the Newmans, and yeah. big booster of cigars, Absolutely. always proud. that. And that's the one thing I always say about Tampa is that we're proud of our cigar Absolutely. heritage. We never say, oh, cigars. We're very proud. So stay right there. We're going to continue with Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. Colonel Ange is out at the uh, Ford Theater of Operation Pooch Pit. We've got probably about 40 minutes to go on the turkey. And when we come back, we will talk with Bob Buckhorn. We've got Captain Paul, Colonel Ange. We're going to sample another uh, bourbon selection, the Brussels Reserve Private Barrel Selection for Corona Cigar and Davidoff as we continue pre-Thanksgiving maneuvers front and center on the Cigar Dave Show. Stay tuned. Hour 2 comes your way next. Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, general Cigar, cigar Dave. If you are a vegan, a vegetarian, we are going to tick you off in the maximum way possible today because we are enjoying Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. Gobble, gobble. We've got a bird frying in the electric fryer right now. We've talked about grilling your bird. We'll talk about spatchcocking your bird, roasting your bird, smoking your bird. But I can tell you one thing that will not be on the menu at the Cigar Day Pleasure Palace household, and that will be any form of tofurkey soy or non-natural turkey product we will be eating the real deal a turkey that is whacked end of discussion and we have got colonel ange in the ford theater of operations here at the davidoff store and lounge out in the mobile pooch pit captain paul the former mayor retired mayor of i guess retired is i guess the way we call it it's called term limits term limited mayor of tampa <laughs> bob buckhorn Along with Sergeant Steve, Tommy Diadio, the whole crew, we welcome you back, hour number two. Don't forget, go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner, all the social media platforms you can follow me. I'll tell you, I was most eloquent during the Buffalo Bills game uh, earlier this week against the Miami Dolphins. We squished the fish. At Cigar Dave Show is my Twitter handle, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just go to CigarDave.com and be sure you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. Listen to Cigar Dave 24-7, 365 worldwide. And those of you that are listening in Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, if you are in England, if you are in any of the Ford Theater of Operations military, U.S. military bases, uh, we hope that even if you don't celebrate American Thanksgiving, fry a turkey, celebrate. It's a great day to have a cigar, libation, enjoy some great delicacies. All right, let's go over to Colonel Ange very quickly. Let's get a status update on the frying of the bird. Colonel Ange. General, yes, the bird is in the, Tom is, turkey is in his hot tub, bubbling away, enjoying a fine cocktail. Outstanding. Yes. He thoroughly whacked and being uh, grilled. By the way, you know, we could probably put some lobster in there as well when we're done, but you do have a delicacy, another side dish you have prepared. Yes, General, we're going to have fried, deep fried mashed potato balls. 
I call them tater nets. Yep, we got tater nets. Now tell us what's in there, Colonel Lange. Okay, well, you got your mashed potatoes. This is a great one for leftovers if you got it. You got your mashed potatoes that you had. We got some cheddar cheese. We got took some bacon. We fried it up. We uh, chopped it up. We got some chives, salt and pepper. We mixed all that together. We formed about, oh, two-inch golf ball size, maybe a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Took some Colby cheese that was a brick. We cut those, put a cube of those in the middle. Then we took those and we uh, battered them. We uh, took an egg, rolled them in the egg, put them in some uh, seasoned uh, breadcrumbs, and when uh, old Tom comes out of his hot tub, we're going to lower those in and have our fried mashed potato nads. How long will that take to cook in the fryer? Two, three minutes, General. That's it. That's Real quick. Oh, yeah. There. We like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. So when we're done with that, you also have the cranberries. And I should say that Captain Paul and I were the taste testers <laughs> while you were rolling those potato balls to the point where... Uh, you had to uh, really evoke executive action to get rid of us. Yeah, I had to get you out of the kitchen. <laughs> General, it was dessert. We were noshing a little bit. What the hell? I mean, we were tasting it. Listen, we needed to make sure it was safe for eating for anybody to eat here. Absolutely. At well, you're both still here, so I guess we did okay. Yes, 100% yeah. checked. We yeah. are fine. Now, uh, Mayor Bob Buckhorn, the term-limited mayor of Tampa. By the way, Bob, when in, in, in Tampa, it's very odd. The elections are in April. Yeah. We don't have it in November. Yeah, they moved it to May 1st, but no, it's, it's off- cycle off here all right so and you were mayor for eight years now i've known you i've been busting your balls for a long time long time be- before long, eight years because you were a councilman I before was. that you worked you were at eight to mayor sandy friedman yep. how long have you been in tampa now got here in 1982 okay i got here on 9th, december 30th of 1988 so a little bit before me and tampa's obviously changed dramatically mm-hmm. since we've been here but you were city councilman for a long time and we used to see you over at Edwards yes. coming in, having a cigar. Then we became yep. mayor. You became a big shot. You didn't come around anymore. You, you, they I brought the cigars to me. Yeah, you chewed the cigars, but you didn't did. smoke them in I the did. office. Yeah, I would chew them all day long. It, it, exactly. He, he, he had work to do. He was on term limit, so he had to get his job done. I had done. to get my job done. I didn't get to d- day drink like you knuckleheads. <laughs> Listen, we are taking one for the team. I for, see that. Uh, for the alphas <laughs> worldwide. They expect us to uphold the high standards of being a, uh, an alpha male, and that's exactly what we're doing, enjoying the alpha male lifestyle. So I've known you for a long time, Bob, and I remember going way back. It was Edwards, I think at the time, 30th anniversary mm-hmm. at the Tampa Club. You had mm-hmm. a big proclamation before you were mayor, and uh, you have a Davidoff cigar, so you got good taste. You weren't going to light that up, and I said, Bob, you're here. Smoke the cigar, General's five-star orders, and you'll lit it up, and you're I enjoying did. it. I'm good. I am very, very good. And by the way, you don't have a city council meeting or anything, the budget meeting yet. <laughs> no, but I do have to pick up my daughter since all I all I do is honeydews these days. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> it. You got to pick her up. All right, fantastic. Now, we, see how far I've fallen. Now, <laughs> listen. You know what do they say? Uh, penthouse to the outhouse. Very there we quickly. go. It, it, it happens quick. So, any more political aspirations? I don't think so, General. I, uh, you, you know, don't? I got the the one job that I aspired. Yeah, for you like being mayor. I did, and and I think. Being a mayor of a big city and a strong mayor form of government is the best job in American politics. Because, you know, you really don't have the luxury of caring who's a Democrat or who's a Republican. Your job is to build a city. And and As you said a long time ago to me, you don't have to be a Democrat or Republican to fill the potholes. That's right. That's right. And so that's what I loved about that job. And to see, for the listeners who don't live here, the transformation of this city. Right. Um, it's really an exciting time for us, and it was it was fun to be a small part of that. Well, I've spoken to President Donald J. Trump, ah. and uh, he said he's got a place for you. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, make America great again. Yeah. Make masculinity great again. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. As you can see, Bob is not. I'm enthused about that. I, I know he is. I mean, 
Don't say it like you mean it. But but the great thing is you need a foil. So and I always say I enjoy debate. I've never had any issues in in debating. So I, Bob, I got to bring up something that um, happened a couple of years ago. Near where I live, one of the main thoroughfares, West Shore Boulevard. Mm-hmm. They had to repair oh, a know. bridge. You, he knows uh, the story. Know exactly where he this, knows this story. I'm going to tell was, you. He was blowing up my email. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> i got to tell this story. This is a great story. Alpha is a lieutenant. So you're going to love this story, okay, because there's there's a great ending to this that I'm really going to bust my balls about here. So they end up closing. This is a, a big main thoroughfare. Near you, his house, by near, the way. Oh, no near, question about that. Near, near, no near my home. We won't get into specifics, <laughs> but there's, it's a major north-south thoroughfare. And they needed to rebuild the uh, sewer system, mm-hmm. the drainage system. They were ancient, and it required closing only about a 30-foot bridge. That's it. But the problem is they had to do these giant detours, and they didn't give any warning. Basically... People show up on Monday morning. The bridge is closed. Traffic is a disaster. Nobody, there's no police directing traffic. There's no signs telling people. And, Bob, we always say communication mm-hmm. is 99% of the game. So, I thought you would appreciate that alpha male move. Just yeah, shut right. the mother down. Yeah, yeah, not no, tell anybody. Not, get the job no, 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 done. Yeah, you know? yeah, oh, yeah, you did that. Why would I bother telling you? Oh, you think you, I'm going to call you and hold your well, hand? Well, you know what? It inconvenienced Dave. At least three or four minutes. Oh, no, no, oh, yeah. no, 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 excuse no, me. It only took him two minutes to call me. Excuse, <laughs> wait a minute, excuse me. Wait, wait. It was about the first week was about a 40-minute detour. People had no clue where to go. There were no detour signs. So long story short, I'm thinking about And then I, I see these workers. They're working from 9 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. And it's summer where you got 18 freaking hours of daylight. So I said, what the hell is going on? So I did a, a, a Twitter video. Sergeant Steve, it's got to be on there somewhere in my timeline. And I said, Mayor Bob, you got to get on this thing and get this thing fixed. Well, I don't hear anything, of course. But I knew it got to you. <laughs> I knew it got to you. I tend so, to ignore those tweets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I end up calling whoever was the head of public works. And I get right through. He calls me. I told his assistant. And he did call me back. And I give him credit. And I was on the phone with he and his right-hand guy for 45 minutes. And I said, look, I understand you have to close it down. I said, but here's the deal. You didn't put any signs up a month before warning people. Nothing on the city website. There is no communication. There is no detour. You should have had police there. It was a freaking disaster. And I said, why are they only working eight hours a day when you've got 15, 16 hours of daylight? Then he tells me the winning bidder came from Miami. I mean, Tampa to Miami is like going from here to Mars. I mean, night and day. But then he tells me, that the contractor is putting up the guys down in Bradenton. I said, apparently we don't have any decent hotels here in Tampa that they can put the guys up. And he said, there's no question. We looked at putting a temporary bridge, doing this, doing that. But he said, you're right. We're going to get police there. We've got to get communication. And he said, and I said, you got to get these guys working more than eight hours a day. They were talking about having that closed for three, four months. Mm -hmm. Total disaster. Well, magically, magically within a couple of and he called me back and he said talk to the contractor we are going to have them working from 6 a.m until 8 p.m every day but we got to give them sundays off so they're going to work six days not five days they got it done in three weeks okay got it done in three weeks i'm in miami on business and i have a friend of mine calling me saying hey you need to can you get uh, channel 13 on your mobile i said yeah he goes they're promoing the fact they're opening up the bridge and the mayor is there at 5 a.m. to open this thing up. Well, son of a bitch, to quote Joe Biden, I turn the thing on, and 
then I see Mayor Bob Buckhorn here saying <laughs> at 5 frickin' a.m. with the sign, his sleeves rolled up, saying, I am so pleased that we were able to get this done ahead of time. It was only three weeks. This could have taken three, four months. And you personally lifted the sign from the middle of West Shore Boulevard to the side, declaring the road is open. I said, son of a bitch, he's taking credit for what I did. <laughs> no credit he, to Cigar He's Dave. just jealous that I didn't mention his name. That's no. Right. That's right. No. You know what I should have done? I should have shut off the water at his house. <laughs> I've, actually, you could have done that. I could have done that. I have the little wrench that somebody gave me that I can open up if I need to do that. But here's the deal. So it's open after three weeks. And actually, I got a call from the guy at the, the public works saying, hey, good news. I said, yeah, I see the mayor took all the credit for it at 5 a.m. <laughs> it's good to Moving. be the mayor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, I said, typical politician. When the shiatsu is hitting the fan, nowhere to be found. When all of a sudden, hey, we're three weeks, uh, uh, we're way ahead of time and ahead of budget, boom, he's there taking all the credit. Well, see, we were going to name the street General Dave Boulevard. You should. But then, no, we're not now. <laughs> you should. That, that's over with. That's you done. You should. <laughs> Listen, for the right price, they'll name any street in the city of Tampa. You know what? I think we have a new candidate for superintendent of public works. Yeah. Oh, God, God help us. I can't take the pay cut. You can't take <laughs> But so anyway, I call all my friends. They're like, did you see? I said, I know. I, I, trust me. I, I, I saw that one happening. But you knew. There were a lot of people that were ticked. There were. He, he reacted. He reacted. No, no, wait, wait. I reacted to well, get everything he moving. reacted to your reaction. There you go. <laughs> and truth be told, uh, we, we could have handled that a lot better than we did. Yeah, so you were right. Yeah, but it's, and I say this all the time. It's communication. If you tell people and expect, and that's why I say in anything, no matter what it is, communication is 99% of the game. If you tell people and put a sign, and in fact, they did have some closings. And he told me, he said, in two years, uh, Dave, it's, they we're going to have a, a street closed further down, which they did. But a month before, they had the portable signs flashing, detour signs up. So it was much smoother, you know, the second go around. But uh, so that was an interesting. I, I, listen, you know, got to bust your balls, Bob. I mean, that's, <laughs> of just, course, that's of just how it is. All right. Here's another person's balls I'm going to bust. Ron McLean. He is the, uh, was the co-host of Coach's Corner with Don Sherry in Hockey Night in Canada. Hey, eh? very big segment. Uh, uh, Don Sherry. Longtime coach in the NHL, player. He was—he is like the Don, uh, the John Madden, if you will, of NHL. Very opinionated, like Howard Cosell. Whether you like him or hate him, people always watched him. Now he made a comment, talking uh, about a week ago about poppies. That not a lot of people—he's not seeing as many people wearing the Remembrance Day poppies. And he said, there's a lot of immigrants. And Bob, I said this on the show last week. We have many immigrants that come to this country that want to assimilate, become American blend into our country like our grandparents did. But there are a good number of people that come in thinking they should, we should adapt to them. That's my problem. Well, Don Cherry made a comment. Here's what he had to say a week ago Saturday night. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto. Nobody wears a poppy. And I'm not going to, he says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now, you go to the small cities, and you know, you, you know those, the rows on rows, you people love, you, you that come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the, uh, the biggest price. Anyhow, I'm going to run it again for you great people and good Canadians that bought a poppy. I'm still going to run it. Anyhow, love you for it. And, of course, a lot of people, of course, we're in a cancel culture society. Everybody gets offended. And many people did get offended. And he said uh, Don Cherry refused to apologize. And he said, look, what I said, I believe in. I should, instead of saying you people, I should have said 
a number of immigrants that are coming that are not assimilating whatever. Well, CBC or Sportsnet fires him, and I'm going to tell you, he's going to be more popular than ever. Well, big controversy ensues, and Ron McLean, who basically was kind of, he's just a doofus that sits there, and Don Sherry was the entertainer, and Ron McLean was kind of like the Ed McMahon, but Ed McMahon had a personality. Ron McLean doesn't. Well, he goes on last Saturday during the what was the coach's corner to start groveling and apologizing because he wants to save his hide. No loyalty as far as I'm concerned. We're not going to play the whole five and a half minutes, but we've got five different cuts that we want to play. And when I tell you this guy exuded wussified beta behavior, groveling, it was pathetic to watch. Cut one. Hit it. Welcome to our first intermission. Uh, you know the story. Uh, the coach's corner is no more, and it's uh, 34 years. Look, we are all hurting. I have collapsed 100 times this week, if not more. Um, we're all disappointed. Bobby Orr's disappointed in me. Uh, Bobby, I'm disappointed in me. You collapsed 100 times, Ron? Please, spare me. And the reason Bobby Orr is disappointed, Bobby Orr came out, and I give Bobby Orr a lot of credit. He loves cigars. He's a great guy. I played golf with him numerous times. Bobby came out and said, I support Don Cherry. I know Don Cherry. I know all the things he's done since I've known him 50-plus years. And there's nobody. He's not racist. He is patriotic. What he does for many veterans, for many other groups, very quietly, doesn't get the accolades for, not interested in that. But Don Cherry is a Canadian treasure and should not have been thrown under the bus. General, I'll almost, I'll, I'll almost bet that um, a lot of these or those people went out and bought poppies after all this got publicized. So, some very well may have. And to me, here's the thing. If you're offended, then great. Go out and post on social media. Go ahead and do a YouTube video. Say to sports that, hey, we've got some representatives. We'd like to debate Don Cherry. Great. Do that. Let me continue on because the groveling and beta behavior continues from Ron McLean. Uh, I've sat all week long uh, reflecting, listening to you, and I have heard you. I mean you, the viewer. Uh, I've reflected uh, by listening to my own heart. Uh, and they say, I've struggled mightily to find the words, and I'm not sure I have them even now, but they say it's a good thing because when you can find the words, it's dead in your heart. And it's not dead in my heart. Oh, I was struggling. Just so many, just, just agonizing over the whole week. It's in my heart. Please, spare me the drama. Don't make me break out Master Thespian, the Master Thespian character that we use every so often. He goes on. I don't want to be cavalier in any regard. I don't want to be sanctimonious or righteous in this uh, address that you and I are having. This one plunged deeply into our hearts, right? You know why? Because it's about relationships. Uh, biggest thing, it's about relationships. Don's and mine. Coach's Corners and yours, yours and Don's. Uh, it's certainly about hockey, the teammates, the bridge building that hockey represents. It's about life and Canada. So all I can do is unpack my heart a little bit here and then see how you feel. Why don't you pack your bags and get the hell out of Hockey Night in Canada? You're, you're so interested in relationships, you throw Don Cherry under the bus. Period. Have some nads. Act like an alpha. And say, look, I don't necessarily agree with what he said, but I love Don Cherry, and I don't think Don Cherry should have lost his job for it. Hit it again, Sergeant Steve. So let me go back to last Saturday and just sort of take you through the last 30 seconds of the coach's corner. Don typically beautifully had done uh, the story of two young minor hockey boys who had died that week. And I had been in Welland the night before, and I knew how traumatic it was for the the hockey community and uh, the tragedy for the family. So that was there. Well, then we were moving towards Don's beautiful Vimy Ridge video. 
And I was kind of processing what he was saying and thinking uh, I wasn't in an ideological bubble at all. Uh, I might have been in a friendship bubble because I was kind of praying that I don't think I'm, I'm hearing trouble, but I might be hearing trouble. Anyway, it was done. And then you called us on it, which I... I thank you for because that's the new world. You don't have a pulpit like Coach's Corner or the CBC News or the New York Times or the Guardian that just pronounces and that's it. Now you have in real time social media and a kind of a democracy happening and so you caught it. And knowing what to overlook is wisdom, right? And I, I felt so bad uh, and I apologized immediately. And, uh, and Don, you know Don, uh, defiant. Uh, there were steps that needed to be taken because of what had been said by Don, and uh, he didn't want to do those steps. So he made his choice, and I made mine. And then the next choice, which was a really hard choice, uh, probably the sleepless nights all week are mostly about this. Don's my guy. I'm in a foxhole with Don, and I've decided to go one way and he another. Yeah, you're in a foxhole with Don. You couldn't wait to abandon ship or abandon that foxhole. And when McLean basically states that what... Don Sherry said, uh, evoked a lot of criticism and so on and didn't want to apologize. The problem today is everybody feels they have to apologize for everything. If you say to somebody, good morning, it's a beautiful day, and they don't think it is, you've got to apologize to them. If you look at somebody and say, I love those shoes. Oh, I, I'm, 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 I feel uh, threatened. I, I'm, I'm offended. Got to apologize for that. Enough of the apologizing culture. The man has nads of steel, Don Cherry. He took a position, and he's standing by it. Instead of this beta, Ron McLean, who's groveling, getting on his knees, talking in circles. You want to process something, Ron, for the organization, as they say in Canada? Process that you're a weasel. Last cut. We honor what you've meant uh, to the game, to the fact that you uh, have been there for human beings and sentient beings. Um, just a fantastic human being. And so I... I I love you very much, and uh, and we honor you tonight uh, in this in this last talk about uh, a coach's corner. Oh, we honor you so much, Don Cherry. Eh? Here's the appropriate way with all these feelings. Let's get Morris Albert here. Nothing more than feelings. Because Ron McLean wanted to honor all that he did. Let me try to do his Canadian accent. Eh? We honor all that Trying you did. To eh? You know what's a travesty? When you go to Tim Horton's Donuts and they run out of Timbits, that's a travesty. Not what, what Don Sherry had to say. And Don Sherry was supported. You go on social media. You go everywhere. The comments, 9 to 1, in favor of Don Sherry. Even people that hate Don Sherry said the guy had the right to say what he did. Article in the Canadian National Post by Rex Murphy, well-known columnist. Headline, shame on you, Sportsnet. Don Sherry deserved much, much better and he went right after we're going to post this article went right after sportsnet and basically stating that there's no more patriotic and, and no more person in canada that honors the veterans and the sacrifices they have made we have lost sight of that people in this country we've lost sight of history we've lost sight of the greatest generation they don't teach history anymore in school it is a shame Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave.
1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar, Cigar Day. We continue with Thanksgiving turkey delicacy maneuvers. We'll check with Colonel Ange in just a few minutes, see how the bird is progressing. Along with uh, Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, uh, former mayor, retired. What do we call you? Mayor Emeritus, I guess. You just call me mayor. Yeah. <laughs> mayor. I'm, I'm mayor for life. Uh, mayor for life. You know what? I'm surprised the media didn't, when you made that joke, they didn't come out and say, he's going to stay there for life, just like <laughs> President Trump. He's, he's going to stay there for life. So Bob Buckhorn, the, uh, the, the uh, recently, the most recent mayor, what, what number mayor were you? 58. 58th mayor. Do you have on your cufflinks to say, or in your no. cuffs, 58? No. You don't no. have that, huh? No, I'd probably misspell it. <laughs> well, I know you got to run in a few minutes, Bob, but real quickly, uh, I just got a protest lodged by PETA because I know you're an avid <laughs> angler, you're a pheasant hunter, uh-huh. and I heard you caught about 20 pheasants in South Dakota. I heard you yeah, had a we, we didn't catch them. Catch we killed them. Kill them. You whacked them. Excuse me. What kind of them. alpha male is this? You whacked them. Excuse me. I don't think he's ever had a gun in his hand. That's probably a good thing. No, wait a minute. Let me tell you. I got a great story about Bob with a gun. Catching pheasants. So the big, whatever. So it's CENTCOM every year right around, right before Memorial Day, they have the big SOFIC conference, which is all the various vendors and purveyors of technology and weapons come descend on Tampa. It's a great convention. We've got some big names here. So, of course, Bob goes on one of the gunships, and they let him <laughs> shoot the big, the big Tommy 50 gun. 50 cal. 50 caliber. Of course, it was, there was nothing in it. It was blanks. But all the cameras showing him. How was and he that, had, though? Wait, that wait, you had cool. the vest yeah, yeah, on yeah. and everything, and I'm looking. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Really? No, no, what you said is, damn, I wish I was the mayor. No, yeah. wait, a minute, wait a minute. I was waiting for you to rappel out of one of those helicopters. <laughs> they wanted too. me to. They you, did? Yeah. you had a cannon in your hands. You remember in Buffalo, the, the fire ship? Uh, yeah, ex- uh, that's right, with yes. the with the, the, uh, the Cotter, yes. the oldest fireboat in yeah, the uh, country, yeah, yeah. and you can spray the thing all over the place. It was great. <laughs> I was looking for some liberals to spray. I couldn't find any. He's spraying a little hose, and I'm no, no, this no, is not a hose. cow with 300 <laughs> rounds. Wait, wait, this is not a hose. This is a gigantic thing that goes out like uh, about 300 yards. But, no, I don't, it was funny, so I had to do that. But we did to talk about before the break, talked about history. 
There is a definite lack of teaching American history. I said there should be a mandatory one year of a, more than that in, in high school, in college, and there should be at least one semester of nothing but World War II history. Where'd We've lost we the new generation. Where did we lost come it. from? Right. It is unbelievable to me. You talk to people, tell them December 7, 1941, we have no clue. Absolutely yeah. no clue. June 6, 1944, what are you talking about? Yep. That should never be forgotten in this country, ever. Even you tell people 9-11, there's some kids that go, what's 9-11? Well, you think about it. I mean, all of us come from immigrant families, right. and, and that's how our grandparents learned about what makes America great is Absolutely. By, by learning the story of what it means to be an American and what shaped us. And in the absence of that, like this generation, these millennials, they have no idea. Don Cherry was educating the immigrants in Canada. That's what he was doing. Well, I think many immigrants come there. History lessons would probably be better. Okay. Well, yeah, well, well, that's where you start. Yeah. Well, but you know, yeah. look, and, and I've but said But in this, lack of them, yeah. he had to speak up. Right. And, and, and I've said this all along. The, the majority of immigrants that come in here, legal immigrants, not talking about illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, they come, they take the test, they learn English, and they become, they're proud to be American. Like our grandparents, General, they came in, they wanted it, to be American. We live it every day at Colvin Cleaners. We celebrate when our yeah. immigrant employees become American citizens. It's a Correct. great day. It's and an there are amazing some that, experience to watch. Right, there's yes. some like the Ilhan Omars that come to this country that say Americans an imperialist country, they've been an invader, they're evil. I'm sorry. There's a small group that feels that America is evil. My feeling is we took you in when you were eating sand in the Somali a res, a, or a refugee camp. We took you in. We fed you. We housed you until you got settled. Educated and now, you. Right. And then all of a sudden you say, well, America is evil. I don't think so. And I think that there's also a huge problem that starts with parents, too, that don't tell their kids, listen, this is what American history is. This is what happens. This is why on Memorial Day, this is how we observe Memorial Day. This isn't just a day to go to the beach and grill hot dogs. We've lost that, and it is a shame. So, Bob, I know I've spoken to uh, retire, former Senator uh, Bob Graham. He yes, agreed 100%. Yep. He's got a, 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 a group trying to get yeah. more history recognition in the schools, yeah. and he said it is a struggle right Get that now. curriculum back in the schools so the kids understand now. Common core. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. Bob, uh, it was always great to see you. I love busting your balls. I enjoyed doing it even before you were mayor. <laughs> That's okay. We'll continue doing it after, and uh, let me know when you want it. <laughs> I know you got time now, so let me know when you have, when I got, have lunch. We'll I have a cigar. I time. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll have lunch, and uh, and maybe we'll go catch some pheasants. How's yeah, that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> help this boy. <laughs> <laughs> they play? <laughs> you know, you think he's at ASPCA where they're with, with the, like the little poodles that they rescued. No, no, no. That's what? not what you do with pheasants. <laughs> Wait a minute. There, there is no poodles. Trust me. I have two alpha dogs. There is no poodles allowed whatsoever. My dogs, I'm going to show you my German shepherds too. Sultan and Baron, they are 100% uh, alpha males. So alpha male shepherds. So anyway, Bob, great to see you. Thanks you too, for Dave. stopping in. Always uh, a lot of laughs, and that's the way Absolutely. it should be. So Th Thank you, guys. All Thanks the best. The Stay well. All right. Uh, we've got much more coming your way, so stand by. When we return, we will be ready for turkey tasting delicacy maneuvers. Final and concluding segment of this Thanksgiving Day delicacy edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. The Cigar Dave Officers Club prides itself on featuring great new cigars. 
And as the man, the general, the alpha-in-chief that oversees the Officers Club, I am always on the hunt for great new cigars. One of those cigars that was launched at the Cigar Retailers Convention last summer that was just released a few weeks ago, the Rocky Patel Number no. 6. A beautiful, medium, round, complex, sweet cigar, loads of sweet notes, very pleasant, a beautiful Honduran Corojo Hamastron wrapper with Honduran Jalapa and Nicaraguan fillers. The reason that they call the blend Rocky Patel number six. It was the sixth blend out of uh, 22 that Rocky and the rest of the crew at Rocky Patel said, that's it. That's what we want. It's a beautiful cigar. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Great holiday gift, and you'll get great cigars like the Rocky Patel number six. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You become a member. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. Like a mighty oak, standing in the face of gale-force winds of political correctness, it's the General Cigar Dave. Thanksgiving Turkey Delicacy Maneuvers final segment. Look who has rejoined us, Colonel Ange, along with Captain Paul and Tommy Diadio of the Davidoff of Geneva Storm Lounge and Corona Cigars. <clears throat> Colonel Ange! You've been a little busy out there while we were talking with the former mayor of Tampa and uh, shooting the bull. Yeah, somebody has to sit and mind the kitchen, General. So since we have last spoken, the turkey was done. You slowly remove the turkey from the oil and let it just drip. And then you put it onto a, uh, a metal sheet. Correct. With foil. And then we... You let it sit for, what, half an hour? Yes, 30 minutes. You took it out of the <coughs> basket. Mm-hmm. And then you just put some foil on it and just let it sit. We've got pictures of everything uh, that we will post at CigarDave.com and social media. And just let it sit. That's, that's it. That's Half it. an hour. Yep. What you want it to do is you want it to, to cool down. You want to let that moisture stay back in the bird. Just like a steak, General, that you cut too soon, you're going to see the moisture leave that bird. So we let it sit for 30 minutes tended. You know what, General? After half an hour, 35 minutes, my hands were still burning when I was taking that bird apart. Right. It, it <laughs> well, stays warm. It stays right. warm. Well, I will tell you this. That cigar sister, Lynn, Paul, would not have been pleased with how you were cutting it. In. Don't show her the video, I'm General. I'm not going to show her the video. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn, cigar sister, Lynn. Meticulous. Very meticulous, oh. organized. I mean, it was beautiful. But Thank you're you. taking your hands. You're ripping the carcass off. You're pulling. Lynn would be like. Captain Paul, no, 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 no. General, her show method. her the finished product. It does look good. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> so, you. Colonel Ange, yes. uh, it was a total of, I think, 40 minutes we kept it in. Right to the, the nose. Fryer. 
Right, fantastic and looks delicious. Now, you've got the tuchus for me, which in Yiddish is the S. Mm -hmm. It's the very bottom part. It's a, it's like a little ball, and many people throw that out. That is the best part. It is absolutely delicious. I had it earlier. Couldn't wait. Mm -hmm. And now in front of us, we have a cornucopia of both white meat turkey, dark meat turkey with the skin on, cranberry that you made, not out of a can that you slice. Nope, general. And potato balls, mashed potato balls. We've got the recipe we're posting. Tell me how you made the cranberry. Cranberry is great. Uh, cranberry is, it's actually cranberry and dark sweet cherry compote. It's not a sauce. You uh, take cranberries, you take uh, dark cherries, it's brown sugar, it's bourbon for sure. Uh, bourbon and a little bit of apple cider, salt and pepper. And you bring all that to a boil first. After it boils, you knock it down to a simmer. Take the back of a spoon, and you want to press down on those cranberries and those cherries to get them uh, to be a little bit more emulsified. Let that simmer for 25 to 30 minutes. And it, to me, that's my favorite uh, cranberry sauce. Well, it's actually a compote. But you'll taste it because you've got sweet cherries in there, General, and you have your cranberries, your brown sugar, and that bourbon gives it a nice little kick at the end. Well, Colonel Ange, you have just given me a plate with white meat, breast meat, a Buffalo Bills plate, and a Buffalo Bills fork. Of course. Go Bills. Go Bills. So I'm going to take a taste. Oh, it looks juicy. Oh. Mm. Juicy, delicious. That's one small bite for man. Mmm. <laughs> One giant turkey delicacy for Alpha Kind. Bravo. Delicious. Tommy, try some of this. Let's get a plate for Tommy and try this. Now, potato balls. Yes. Tell me about the potato balls. Well, those are the ones I gave you the uh, up uh, tick before. Uh, we've got cheddar cheese. We have uh, bacon. We have cooked bacon. Uh, and uh, we have your leftover mashed potatoes, in our case, not leftover. And then we breaded them, uh, we uh, dunked them in an egg wash, and then breaded them with uh, a seasoned panko breadcrumbs. But before we even did the seasoning, we put a cube of Colby cheese in the center, so you have a little bit of ooey-gooey in the middle of it. What do so you think of this that turkey, very Tommy? Good. Tommy? I like that cherry in there, too. Yeah, isn't that yeah. nice? Oh, I get the cherry. Try the potato bowl. <clears throat> you got to try the potato net. It's fantastic. Yeah, go get one. Yeah, the nice thing about that cherry is it does it. Ups oh, yeah. the flavor, doesn't it? And I got some bourbon in there, too. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there's bourbon in the compote. Really? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, the alcohol cooks off. You know how yeah. that works, oh, right, speaking Tommy? Speaking of bourbon, that's a great seg because, Tommy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put the food in your mouth, Tom. The second bourbon, we had wild turkey to start, a, a single barrel. This is Russell's Reserve Private Barrel Selection. Tell me about this. This one's the same mash bill as the first one. Um, this is four, aged on 4.6. The other one was aged on 4.4. Four. So Russell's is aged two, four high, two fours higher. And it's uh, aged two more years. But this one is almost a 10-year-old. It's three months short of a 10-year-old. Whoa. This has some yeah. serious sizzle and major, major cinnamon going down the throat. Down the hatch, that's got some serious personality. A lot of zip. What would you think? Well, I'll tell you what, General. This is great. This actually would be. This is, General, this is great. Uh, try it with the turkey. Take a bite of that turkey and then try this. I'm telling you. This is Yeah, it's perfect. Outstanding. Tom. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. I've been drinking it. Okay. <laughs> this is also 110 proof. The first one was 101. Wow. Oh, it was 101. So this is a little higher proof. 110. And this is uh, uh, aged on a higher yep. rack. Two, so two you're going to get higher. more heat, which yep. means you're going to get more of the wood, more of the sizzle. Everything's identical. The, the mash bill, the corn, the rye, the water, the malt, 
the everything is identical to, to the first bourbon, just hotter and longer. It's, mm. it's amazing what just two racks Ooh. down. It gets more heat. Or two racks up, the difference is. Wow. Absolutely. Now, Colonel Ange, yes. we talked about frying the bird, which we have done. We talked about grilling on indirect heat, 350. How many minutes did we say again? About 15 minutes per pound? 20. 20. 20 at 350. Okay. And we want one, what do we say, 165? What temperature do we want? Oh, I want it out before 165. I want it out around 160, 161, because that temperature is going to come up. So yep. 160 in the breast mm -hmm. is where you check it. Yep. 160, fantastic. Now let's talk about spatchcocking. Oh, yes. Now, a number of people say, well, what's a spatch? What's a cock? <laughs> well, the cock is a male bird, <laughs> primarily a rooster, but it could be any bird. And when you look at the term spatchcocked, the, uh, the theory is the word is an abbreviation of dispatch the cock, a phrase used to indicate a summary way of grilling a bird after splitting it open down the back and spreading the two halves out flat. So, spatchcock, split it open. So how do we split that open? Because that's very key to do that, and it also allows you, not only by splitting it open, it reduces the time you need to cook. So tell me, first of all, how do we spatchcock it? Where do we cut? Okay, uh, it's just remove the backbone, okay? So find the backbone, get it so that backbone is facing up towards you, get your scissors. The backbone's easy to see. General, it's, it's uh, cylindrical. Get the scissors right on the edge. It's not where the breastbone is. It is not, it's, no. It's underneath. It's underneath. So you have to flip it over. Flip it over. Okay. And you cut all the way along down the line. Center take, down the line? Uh, you no. take it on the side of the bone. Okay, so, so about you want to be about a half an inch on each side? Uh, you want to be tied up to that backbone. Tight to the backbone. Tight okay. to the backbone. Get it right to the backbone. Bring it to the end. It'll go all the way to the end, and, of course, that'll be the end of it. And you go to the other side, do the same thing. Backbone comes right out. Now, there's another little bone in there. It's a breastplate bone. It's translucent. It's underneath there. You can take that. Once, once you've done that, you'll see it, and you can pull that out just with your fingers. Pull that bone out. If you don't find it and you don't do it, don't sweat. Don't worry Not about a big okay. deal. Because all that does is minimize the uh, WWE crack, right. which you have to do. You flip the, uh, then you flip the bird, you get the bird so that the, uh, uh, where, where the breast would be was, is uh, down, and you press down with your hands, you give it a good crack, and you flatten it. And, of course, what we're doing now is we're making it so there is an even surface for the meat to cook. And that's why spatchcocking is a great way if you don't have a lot of time. Let's say your relatives decide that they're going to come over the day before. If you can find yourself a fresh bird, you don't have to fool with it. You cut that out, you spatchcock it, bang, you press it down. Then you can either roast it or grill it flat down. It'll cook in about half the time. Indirect heat as well? Uh, indir oh, yes. Always indirect Always indirect. Yeah. Now, here, I saw this on television, and I thought it was very interesting. They took long celery sticks, mm -hmm. and they create a crosshatch on the pan. Then they put the bird, spatchcocked it, put it down. Then they put some carrots and potatoes underneath it. I think they said an hour and a half at um, 350, or maybe they said 400. Now, I use convection roast in my oven. That's going to make it quicker. Oh, it's going to be a lot quicker. But always 350. You don't want above 350. Well, you know what? Yes, 350. 350 is classic. It's just easier for everybody to do. I mean, there are ways of doing the bird. There are people that sit there and take the roast and start at 475. Right. And for 30 minutes and then 
knock it way down to 375. That takes about an hour off your cooking, crisps the skin, but I wouldn't recommend that if you've got a lot of things going on. So spatchcocking, 350 in the oven or grill, how long? Oh, it's going to be an hour and a half. That's it? That's it. I mean, what you're doing, yeah. Just check for 160 in the breast. That's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah. Indirect heat. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. It's always indirect heat. All right, spatchcocking, which essentially is butterflying the bird. Uh, that's, that's the simple way to talk about it. Exactly. Next up, smoke. It's just, it's just nice. nice. It's more fun to say spatchcock. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like they do in, in Great Britain, I should say. Still, yeah, we're going they, to spatchcock the bird. Yeah, then, then people say, what? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do that bird? Spatchcock. Spatchcock. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a shuttlecock for badminton, but, yes. but spatch instead. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly the same. Now, only different. smoking... The bird. That doesn't yeah. mean you roll it up and smoke it like a cigar, but you put it in a smoker. Sergeant Steve puts it in his big green egg. Yep. Now, smoking adds a unique flavor to it. Our good friend, uh, many, many years, the great uh, Brady Fisher, mm. used to, may he rest in peace, used to always. How many birds did he smoke? Tons of birds. Oh, my he'd, God. he'd say, you just give me the order, I do all the work, and it was incredible. But if you're going to smoke it, it's a lot of work and a lot of time, Well, low it, and slow. It, it, well, I'll tell you what, the work isn't so much as the time. Right. Because you're going to do just about everything I said before. Uh, you Wet brine, dry brine, all that still applies, just like you're roasting it. But you do want to rub on this thing. And uh, what I find uh, that a recommendation I got from Brady is, is Brady takes a large uh, a white onion, peels the onion, and use that to keep the cavity from collapsing. So, he, yeah, puts, puts that in there. But, again, rub it outside, rub it inside, and now you're doing low and slow. Now, now Brady uh, did real low and slow. He was about 200, 201. He never liked to hit 230. Right. But... I'll tell you, you've got a Thanksgiving dinner. Do you want to spend 10 hours or do you want to spend uh, four or five hours? I would still go 250. Now, just remember, when you're smoking a bird, you're not going to get crispy skin, okay? You're not going to get rubbery skin, but you're, going to get, you're not going to have crispy skin. That's the only difference. Other than that, it adds a beautiful, unique flavor. How long are we looking at? Uh, probably four hours. Is there, do you, is there a certain 20 minutes per pound, or how do you... No, it's more than that. It's probably more like 40 minutes a pound. Wow. Now, 35 to 40, but again, here's the deal. Get it at 250, get your thermometer, count on five hours, you should be done in four, but count on five. Sergeant Steve, you always smoke your bird. Yeah, we do it about 250. It takes, it's 25, 30 minutes a pound usually. 25 to 30 uh, I minutes. I like to put uh, lemons and oranges and everything else in the cavity as well to add some, some flavor to it. And I always take the hickory chips, soak them in Jack Daniels or a bourbon beforehand and that. So it's a nice smoke. Here's something yeah. else you can do. If we are going to spatchcock the bird yeah. or grill the bird, mm-hmm. one of the things we could do is take a little smoker box, and you refer me to one to buy. Mm-hmm. And you put the pellets in or the little chips, or even in your grill. You can just put them on one of the grates. Exactly. Do you moisten them first? Uh, it all depends. Uh, I typically don't. I, let me put it this way. If I'm using a smoker... I may, but when I'm using a grill, I don't because okay. I want them to, to uh, heat up and throw a ton of smoke right. on the grill. But just be careful and watch your temperature because once those things that, you know, get moving, yeah, yeah. the temperature goes up. So okay, you may so you have to work your, yeah, you gotta work your grill. Gotcha. And keep yeah. it covered. But so just remember, as Brady always told me, God rest his soul, Brady would always say, just remember, the smoke is like a marinade. It just adds flavor. You don't want to decimate the bird right. with too Christmas. much smoke. And what kind of wood chips or, or wood pellets do you recommend? Oh, um, uh, what's Apple? Maple? No, it starts with an A. What was that one he always gave us? Uh, uh, I, I'll give it to uh, Sergeant Steve. We can put it on the website. But there's one that's actually better for a uh, 
bird than even apple. Fruit is good. Easy. Well, I do, I do know that you can get the Jack Daniels barrel chips yeah. that you can put in there yeah, as well. Brady used something, you know, exclusively. I'll, I'll get yeah. it. I'll get it. But it's alder. 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 Alder, alder yes. is the best for poultry. And then roasting, you put it in the oven, yeah. 350, 15, 20 minutes a pound, same thing, can't yep. go wrong. What do you like to do, Tommy? I like to smoke or deep fry. Colonel Ange, what are you doing this year? Uh, I'm going to my sister-in-law, so I'm just praying for uh, <laughs> 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 Captain Paul, real quick. Uh, deep fry, uh, roasting uh, on the grill you know, where, where we uh, have everything, and then we also do uh, one on the uh, okay, grill got, one. Yeah. Got, got it. Three We're, turkeys. I'm, I'm frying one, and I'm spatchcocking, grilling with some smoke on that. Captain Paul, Colonel Ange, great job. Thank you. Tommy Diadio, thanks for the hospitality. Pleasure. Sergeant Steve. Former Mayor of Tampa, Bob Buckhorn, Cigar Dave, the General, same Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. A safe, happy Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>